This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bill, I want to talk some more college basketball. It's great having you on here because obviously you're the voice of George Mason basketball. You have gone all over the country, seen a lot of college basketball games. You know what good teams look like. You kind of know what to look for when betting on college basketball teams throughout the season. So I'll give the floor to you and, you know, you kind of just tell people what your your thoughts are and maybe betting futures in college basketball and how people should attack the market. Yeah, I think a lot of people will will look at this and, and I'm going to give you some numbers and some advice and you can kind of keep some of this in your back pocket for when we get to bracket time mm-hmm. for the NCAA tournament. I love that. But obviously people are trying to figure out okay, who are the teams that are primed to win a national title? Who are the teams that we should be looking at backing for the futures bets? And you look at it right now, BetMGM, Houston, of all teams, is the favorite right now, plus 750. Interesting, the Cougars have been a big kind of dark horse to win the national title this year. Kentucky, plus 1,000. Gonzaga, plus 1,000. Carolina, plus 1,000 as well. Your defending champs in Kansas are plus 1,600. You got Baylor, plus 1,100. Texas, is in there as well. So there's a variety of household name teams. Duke is plus 1,800. Arkansas plus 1,800, just some of the top teams. But it's interesting because when you go back and look and you try to project out who the best teams are going to be, well, if you look historically at how teams have done ranked ahead in the preseason, preseason, not going into the tournament, but in early early November when the AP puts out their first poll, and then who goes on to win the national title? If you're not backing one of those teams that's in the top five or six, most often than not, you're not backing the right teams. You're not doing a good futures bet on somebody. Now, there have been times you go back to 2011, that amazing run by UConn. They were unranked to start the season, got into the top 25 midway through, ended up winning the title. That is an outlier. Mm-hmm. It does not happen very often. We'll just go back through some of these real quick. Last year, 2022, of course, in the Final Four, all the talk was Carolina and Duke. First time they'd ever met in the Final Four. Carolina's run everything else. Kansas ends up coming back, winning that game. Preseason ranked number three. So if you back them early, you're in pretty good shape. Year before that, Baylor. Again, nobody really thought about Baylor going into the NCAA tournament. They weren't a sexy pick. I think people thought they could get there, but that was supposed to be Gonzaga, right? That was the year that Mark Few and Gonzaga finally got over the hump. Baylor, coming in the, in the preseason, is ranked number two. So that's a number three and a number two back-to-back. Virginia, remember, they were coming off in 2018 UNBC. getting bounced. <laughs> they were the number one team in the country. Overall seed. Oh, overall seed, but even in the preseason, they were number one. Oh, wow. And then they get bumped. The next year, they enter the top 25, first out at number five. They were a top five team, went on to win the national title. People don't remember that UVA. They remember the year they were number one. They don't remember the following year. They were still highly regarded and highly ranked. Villanova, North Carolina, they're back-to-back 17 and 18. Both were number six. 2005, Duke was number four. Louisville, 
Okay, technically the NCAA won't want me to talk about this because they technically are vacated, but we know they won the title that year. They were a two seed. Kentucky in 2012, also a number two seed. So you get where I'm going. Mm -hmm. If you are looking at a future bet, go back, take a look at the first AP poll of the season, look through the top 10 teams. I would even say maybe even don't, don't drop below the top six or seven. Figure out which team you like, and that's the team you should back as a future. And honestly, if you have somebody in the top five you like, there's a better than 50, or I would say better than 40% chance that team will go on to win the national title. I like that You can make money doing it that way. I like that a lot. Uh, what do you think about North Carolina? They were up 15 points at halftime against Kansas in the title game. They returned four of their five starters. They're loaded. Caleb Love's a superstar point guard. Armando Baycock could win the Wooden Award. Uh, they're ten to one right now with Gonzaga in Kentucky, but you know, Bill and they were the number one team in the country. They fit those stats yep. that you were talking yep. about. People forget though, they were squarely on the bubble the middle of February last year. They lost a home game to Pitt at, and uh, th- that was almost lost them their season, lost them an NCAA tournament berth. They Correct. won their final six games. Remember, they spoiled Coach K's final game at Cameron, and then just got on that roll. So is Carolina a team that you're backing because of how well they did in the NCAA tournament? Or would you caution people because even to start this season, I mean, they haven't covered many spreads. Portland gave them a great game today out in Portland. These first halves, they've been, a lot of teams have been hanging around. They kind of seem like a team that's all offense and not really much defense. And that can tend to bite you come March. Yeah, and and that's kind of been the Carolina you know, kind of blueprint since the 1960s when Dean Smith was there, that transition secondary offense, they'll try to run in trap here and there, but for the most part, they're going to try to outscore you. Mm -hmm. And right now they're just one in four early in the season against the number. So if you're gambling Carolina more often than not, if you have taken them, you're, you're in the red, you've lost, you have one win in their, in their first five games against the number. They're going to be a top, you know, say one, two, or three seed. I think three is probably their floor as far as where they end up going into the NCAA tournament. But they have some issues. We'll see how much, obviously, as you mentioned, Love, Baycott, R.J. Davis, their their junior point guard, really, really good. Yep. They got Pete Nance, the yep. uh, the six eleven transfer. Leaky Black's back. Leaky Black is mm-hmm. back. He's kind of their defensive stopper out there on the wing. Nance taking over that Brady Manic role. If you remember Brady yes. Manic from last year's team that had transferred in, but the difference is, so far they haven't had much off the bench. The guys that we just mentioned are the starters. Now they were able to do the Warrior Five thing in the NCAA tournament last year. If you remember, those guys played like 90% of the minutes, like the competitive minutes in the NCAA tournament, obviously trading out Pete Nance for Brady Manick last year, but they can't get through an entire season doing that. You can't play your top five guys 90% of the minutes, game in and game out, day in and day out, and expect to not have some wear and tear or some dud games here and there. Mm -hmm. You can't have a dud game in the NCAA tournament or you're done at that point. Right. But you can drop a game in February, you know, on the road, let's say at Duke, and no one's going to blink an eye. You could drop a game on the road, you know, at Syracuse on a Tuesday in January when nobody's really paying attention. No one's going to blink an eye when it comes to March. 
So I think if Puff Johnson being back will help them with him coming off the bench. You've also got the freshman Tyler Nicker, Nickel, who I really like, but they're not deep. That can hurt you in the regular season. I think they'll be okay come NCAA tournament time. I'm not going to predict them to win the national title. I would not be shocked if they're back in the Final Four, though. That's not going on a very big limb. They're the number one ranked team in the country. Right. But there are some warts on that team, and one of them is depth. And as you talked about, they're okay defensively. They're not great. They're okay. They don't turn teams over a ton. They own, they, they're over the 306th right now in the NCAA enforcing turnovers. So you can keep the ball against them, which means you get shots. The problem is you ain't getting any rebounds because they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country. Yeah, Baycott's as good as it gets. Yep. You know, Ken Palm is like the end-all, be-all for a lot of people. North Carolina's 18 yep. right now. I think that's pretty, that's pretty eye-opening right there. The number one team is Texas. And you look at them right now, they're 12-1. to 1. They obviously, what they did to Gonzaga was extremely impressive. Very impressive. The question with these Texas teams, now that Chris Beard's there, is we know what we're going to get defensively. But if they can score and shoot the ball like they did against Gonzaga, I mean, they're going to win the national cha- championship. They bring back Marcus Carr. They bring back Timmy Allen. They uh, they bring over some transfers, Iowa State. They brought in Halliburton. They bring in some guys that are going to help them. So what do you make at Texas right now? Because they're 12 to 1. They have the six best odds. They obviously have Baylor and Kansas there with them in the Big 12. But do you think Kansas is, is a really good play? And if they kind of fade, maybe stumble throughout the Big 12 season, maybe go through a stretch where they lose to Baylor, lose to Kansas, maybe you drop a game to like Texas Tech or something. Are they a team that you would keep your eye on long-term? Yeah, I, I mean, Texas, yes. The, the one thing that's unsustainable for Texas right now, and again, all of these early season games, you have to take with a grain of salt. Because yes, they beat Gonzaga, and they beat down Gonzaga in that game. They beat them by 19. They did. But prior to that, they beat a middling UTEP team, mm-hmm. a really bad Houston Christian team. I mean, I don't, they're not even D1, so I guess actually Houston Christian is D1 now. Um, and then a, a bad Northern Arizona team. Now, they blew those teams out, which is what you're supposed to do to bad teams. But to me, this is the stat that's unsustainable about them. You talk about Ken Palm. They're number two right now on Ken Palm in two-point field goal percentage. They're making 67% of their two-point attempts. Number two in the nation. Now, the reason I say that's unsustainable (laughs) is because, A, it's a really big number, but B... Their offense is basically predicated on their guards. Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, Timmy Allen. The toss of those three is 6'6". It's not like they're throwing it into a 6'11", 7-footer who's just dunking on everybody. These guys are the ones that are leading the way. Marcus Carr, 60% from the field from two. Tyrese Hunter, 75% from the field from two. The freshman kid they have, Arturo Morris, is shooting 78% from two. Unsustainable. Now, I still think they're one of the better teams. I still think they're going to be dangerous because when you get to NCAA tournament time, what usually carries the day? Guard play. 100%. Guard play and rebounding win you NCAA tournament games. They're a okay rebounding team. I'm not going to say that they're elite. They're not great. They do a better job on the defensive glass than they do on the offensive glass, but they have the guard play. They are definitely dangerous, although I don't think they are the favorites necessarily to win the Big 12. I think it's probably Baylor, Kansas, Texas are all right there. I don't think they have the interior defense to slow down some of the things that Kansas does. 
So I still like the Jayhawks in the Big 12. Of course, everybody like every year you like the Jayhawks in the Big 12 because yeah. they seem to win it every year. Right. But Texas is definitely one of those teams that's extremely dangerous. They are. Uh, real quick about the SEC conference because they have five really good teams. Yes. They have Kentucky, they have Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, and Auburn. Really good top five. Um, out of those five, which team do you like the best? Arkansas is so interesting because of just the recruiting class they have yep. and all the NBA talent and the potential. Kentucky is returning the Wooden Award winner, which is just unheard of with Oscar Sheway. Yep. You just don't see that. Tennessee was a three seed last year. They were so good in the regular season. When you look at the NCAA tournament resumes at the end of the year, they really didn't have a bad loss last year, right. and they were beating everybody they were supposed to beat. And then Bama and Auburn returned some guys from last year and also have some really good freshmen that Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl are going to rely on. So when you look at the SEC, I think coming into the year, everybody really liked Kentucky and Arkansas. Are those still the teams for you to beat in the Southeastern Conference? Yeah, Kentucky's interesting because they've stumbled here early because they're young guys, and we talked about it a little bit. If you have a veteran team, much easier to start the season. Well, Michigan State, perfect example. Three mm-hmm. seniors, two juniors in their starting lineup. They're off to a much better start than anybody expected. Kentucky's going to struggle. They seem to always struggle at the beginning when you have these star freshmen. Yes. The team to watch out for, and I don't think they'll win the SEC, but they are going to be a team that nobody will want to play in SEC tournament time, in the regular season, NCAA tournament, depending on the matchup, is Auburn. I saw them up close and personal. Mason played on the road down there to open up the season. And our coach, Kim English, played it played it in Missouri for four years, went to the NBA for a cup of coffee, was an assistant at, at, at Tulsa, uh, Colorado for a couple of years, also with Tennessee, said that that Alabama team was the most physical team he had ever played against as a player or a coach. They were absolute bullies on the glass. They sent four guys crashing to the glass every single time. They're going to do that. doesn't matter that it was George Mason or if it's Kentucky or if it's Alabama. They don't care. They're a team that if they're dominating the glass and getting out and running and and even getting extra possessions on the offensive glass, they're going to be a tough out. Bruce Pearl may have something down there. Interesting. Auburn Tigers, they had a great year last year. Number two overall seed. Will they be back? in this similar spot this year.